Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're going to be reviewing the new Netflix series, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes, we are. And uh, it's funny because this uh, is kind of not a continuation, but kind of in the same uh, style uh, coming up as a follow up, so to speak, uh, to The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, by Mike Flanagan. And of course, I did not watch that previous um, show yet. And I got into shame. This. Yes. Shame. Shame. Although I will say I'm very late to that game as well. I just watched Hell House probably about a month or two ago. So I remember seeing the trailers for that one. I think I watched the first episode and just got distracted. So I stopped. Uh, but Hill House is really awesome. But this is, yeah, the follow up. It's kind of like that style of American Horror Story where they don't connect, but there's similar themes and there's a lot of the same actors from the first series is in this one returning. So yes, once again, this is all developed by Mike Flanagan, who of course we love from his work on Doctor Sleep. And he's done a lot of you know great horror movies and he's kind of becoming a new kind of maestro in the world of the supernatural. This one is based off the work of Henry James of a, a a thing called the turn of the screw is what the kind of bare basis of the plot is, which is why if you know that story, a lot of the characters in this are exact from that, that, you know, novel, that play, it's been a play, it's been a novel, all that stuff. But then of course, in true fashion with any of these series, a lot of it is mapped out into grander storytelling and there's more connections and there's more going on than just the basis of the turn of the screw but that's kind of like you know the the lower tiered layer and then mike flanagan does his thing where he piles on all kinds of things we have returning from the first series the haunting of hill house we have victoria pedretti's back we have oliver jackson cohen back we have henry thomas back Mm-hmm. And we have Carla Gugino back. So um, I think that was. Oh, and then, uh, of course, Kate, uh, Kate Siegel. Kate, Kate Siegel. Who is, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, um, and uh, for those of you who have been following our reviews, this is going to be uh, spoiler free. So uh, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you can stick around uh, for the journey as we kind of go back and just give us our take on this. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the basis of what the plot is is we're following Victoria Pedretti, who did a fabulous job in the first series. She's playing this um, au pair named Danny, who's, she's an American. She happens to be in England and she's looking for work. And so she kind of ends up becoming like, you know, kind of like a full-time nanny job at Bly Manor for these two children who unfortunately have lost their parents. And of course, once she goes there, things start to happen <laughs> you know yes. the typical go to the creepy big giant english mansion in the hills and then there's you know 60 rooms and there's all these hallways and it, you know it's just this huge and there's huge grounds and it's very dark and gloomy and spirits and ghosts start to happen and there's things that we pick up from not only her past but also 
these these kids and the people that are watching the house you know there's, there's a caretaker and there's a chef and there's a gardener and they all have yeah. stuff going on with them as well so yeah they all have to... kind of a you know spiritual baggage if you will and in, in mm-hmm. some way uh, some may manifest some may not so everyone all these players are coming together and they all kind of bring something uh, to this very creepy manner, which, you know, you get a job and you're like, you know, nowadays, if anyone gave me that, I'm like, how much are you paying me? Um, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going, <laughs> you know, it just, it kind of well, just... yeah, for some, I mean, you, you know, we're so used to jobs that are, you know, your nine to five jobs. We're not used to full-time positions where you also then go and live where you work you know that's exactly. kind of a unique thing to being a nanny or a babysitter or no pair or, she is or yeah. a caretaker you know that's something that yeah. yeah i mean if you if you were down your luck and had nothing going on and you get an offer of well this would be the salary but you're a full-time au pair and you have to come live at this awesome house in the english hills and it's probably a year or two commitment to start off with some people might be like you know what i'm gonna go for it because, you know, the thing is, Danny is someone who has been a teacher. So she's already has, you know, this experience of taking care of kids. And the thing is, you can tell that she was stressed about having to take care of like 25 kids, you know, multiple classes and everything. So she's like, I think I can handle two children. Like that yeah. shouldn't be too hard. And there's a lot of these um, kind of funny jests and allegories of like Mary Poppins, because she is literally this nanny coming in for these two kids and they are very, you know, it's, it's a slightly older brother and the younger daughter and they're very, very British. Yeah. And the, the young girl's always going, it's perfectly splendid. Yeah. To a nauseating degree. If you She's gonna say it at least 70 times and you're going to be tired of it in episode one, I'll tell you that much, but yeah, we have a uh, young Flora and we have young miles are the two siblings and Henry Thomas, who, We've talked about before in this podcast a couple of times. Yes. Uh, famous for playing Elliot in E.T. when he was a young kid. He's like their uncle. And he's the one that hires Danny on for yes. this job. And what she finds out is that she's not the first au pair. So not only no. they, have a, they have a bit of tragedy already. Their parents have perished. And uh, the au pair, the nanny that came before them, uh, tragically um, ended her life. So there's already... There's a lot of a mess, a lot of damage, a lot of baggage, a lot going on. So I will say this much. First off, what this show does very well is the production value. This is continuation on from Hill House. And, you know, with the you know Netflix budget, um, I think something that Mike Flanagan does really well in developing his shows and, you know, getting his directors he does, his writers, his cast, is they really set the tone for this really gothic kind of you know supernatural but also there's a romantic element to it you know i think we we think of ghost stories and sometimes it is to that horror element but sometimes it's also you know we've seen a lot of ghost stories that have come from a place of love or from a place of acceptance and stuff like that so first off just the visuals you know going around this house from the outside part of it to all the inside i mean everything looks so well done it's, it's incredible it's, set just the amount of detail you're 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 like almost like this this looks so magnificent and you're so taken in but then especially when it's the darker nighttime shots so much of it is you don't go down the hall because 
they always film it such a cool way where so much of the screen is dark and the character is looking around and you see, you know, what Flanagan is a master of is things you're not going to pick up the first time. He's yeah, a master of things in the background and things on the side that are. Which when you watch this, you definitely, I found myself a couple of times having to like, wait, did that just happen? And I like rewind like, Ooh, that's creepy. I think exactly. that's where it's like, it's not multiple huh? viewings. Yeah. Multiple viewings. Uh, and something that I think, you know, enriches the story so that it's not just your typical nowadays jump scare, you know, bam, 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 fest that a lot of uh, horror is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, the music, the setting, the tone, a lot of it is there. Where this fell short for me personally, compared to my love of Hill House and other projects he's done, is the pacing was so incredibly slow that I was not a fan of Bly Manor. It just, it was painfully slow, the whole plot. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, this is coming off, uh, Chris was telling me so much of the hype of, you know, uh, before uh, compared to uh, Hill House was that, you know, you just, oh man, this is really slow. And I and I heard this, you know, going into this that some people were like, wow, it's really dragging. And having no experience with this, but already seeing Mike Flanagan's work, I was, yeah, slightly disappointed. I thought for the length of the series and where it dragged, they didn't need those elements. I understand what was going on for you know, whether it be character development or building suspense, but it did drag quite a bit, especially, you know, really around the middle. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the very beginning, it's good setting up with all the characters and then uh, towards the end, but I completely agree. There's a lot of these dragging elements where I'm, you're kind of pushing yourself to finish it. Yeah. I mean, the Hill House series was 10 episodes, if I remember right. And Bly Manor is nine episodes, which, you know, a lot of we, we've talked about before about we're really stepping away from network shows and now we're getting more of this kind of quality over quantity for yes. shows with streaming platforms. Usually every season's like at most eight to 10 episodes. That's generally where you're going to find. So Blind Manor fits that kind of formula, but I honestly think they could have cut two full episodes and shortened a lot of these slow bits and had like a six or seven episode season and it might have tightened up some things because there was just moments where I literally was like, why are we, we're just, we're continually going back to the same plot point or we're just talking and talking and talking, but it's so slow and nothing's really happening. I think that the problem was the first season is such a like much more terrifying season. It's got a lot more horror to it. And this was titled the haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, so you think there's going to be a lot of jump scares. We're going to be, you know, on the edge of our seat, but <laughs> we were kind of like holding our heads up at the edge of the seat. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't that it was boring the whole time. There yeah. was some still fun little creeps and scares, and there was, you know, definitely, a, yeah, I think it picked up a little more in the last few episodes. But even then, it was like 40 minutes of like, oh my gosh, this is so painful, and then 20 minutes of. That's what I've been waiting for this entire time. Exactly. So it, it didn't work for me as a show. I've been reading a lot of reviews of saying, you know, people saying this isn't a, it's not a horror story. It's a love story. And I think it is a love story because something that is apparent throughout the whole show is we're kind of following couples in different yeah, times. And I, I get with the length, there is a lot of relationship building. 
Um, and there's many of those couplings um, from, from kind of, there's some modern romances, there's some uh, old romances, as you'll see in the story. And so I, I get the building of that, but I think there are almost like too many romances going on. I don't think you needed that, you know, many to do. Well, that. I, I think, think uh, something actually my mom picked up on and I kind of agree with her was the problem was because you're, you're setting up so many characters that, and w- with relationships, then in turn, we have to have like almost each episode has to have like a focus 50% flashbacks just yeah. for that couple. And then when we finally are like, all right, now it's time to move forward with the plot and not be going back in the past, then it was like super rushed. And I was like, I didn't really need to see all the details of how these people got to this point. I could have done with like, you know, half of that and a lot more of what happens now because it felt like some things were rushed and some things were just super drawn out. And it just, it didn't work for me. This is not a show that I will probably ever need to rewatch. Hill House, I will rewatch because I really did enjoy it. This one, I'm kind of like, all right, I got through it. Probably never going to see it again. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, there's not a lot of replay value. Um, and even even the scares, you know, I think when you have it, like you said, when you have a title, you know, should have been called The Love Story of Bly Manor um, instead of The Haunting because <laughs> uh, uh, there was some hauntingly boring moments of that. And well, even the trailer, you know, the trailer was themed and, you know, we've talked about before in this podcast how, the art of trailers are kind of like mini movies themselves and they draw you in. Well, they're trying to prep you for what's to come. And when you see a trailer, you're expecting what's in there to be kind of at the same caliber. If it's like, okay, if it's a, you know, a spy thriller and the trailer's fast paced, you're expecting the movie going to be like that. If the whole movie was just two guys playing chess and there was like 10 minutes of spy stuff, then you're like, okay, what is this movie? So yeah, and I and I always am a big fan of watching trailers before. Um, I'm trying not to as much because sometimes I like to be pleasantly surprised. Well, sometimes the, the the flip side problem is that some trailers give away all the best parts. Oh, exactly. And so then you go see the movie and you're like, oh, they showed you all the best parts in the trailer. And that's particular like with comedy films. I noticed that quite a bit. A lot of the mm-hmm. funniest parts in there. But with horror films, you want to save all that, you know, those horror Yeah, they'll albums. usually do one or two jump scares in the trailer, but it's a lot of buildup, a lot of tension. And I remember the trailer for this, it, I was really, you know, I think I had just come off watching Hill House and they dropped the first trailer for Bly Manor. And I was like, well, now I'm on this train. I'm on this, you know, I've been, I'm down for this. I can't wait to see it. And yeah, I just... It, it, it was painful to want to keep watching the next episode. It just, it, it, it didn't get me to the point of other shows where I'm like, okay, I can't wait. To, I'm going to stay up and keep watching the next one. This took me multiple days. And it, you know, by the last day I had the three episodes of the last three. And I was like, let's just take the next three hours and just get it done. So I can say, I've seen it. Yeah. I did finish the series. I liked some of the messages that kind of happened near the end. That was, you know, we're not going to talk about, spoilers here but no but there were some really good themes that they tied up at the end but uh of course we got to give some shout outs uh to some great casting choices some great i mean the casting will know is superb and the acting is incredible i think that's what kept me hooked is to see where it went with these characters i mean ken henry thomas it's and i talked to you about this chris it's so exciting to see and i haven't seen anything from him for ever you know all i know is we know is et and then all of a sudden now in the last 
there's such a resurgence of his career of a lot of things kind of you know and luckily due to mike flanagan you know seeing something in him and now you know he's kind of like one of his staple actors and all yeah, projects. it's like the De Niro to Scorsese so and, but um no Victoria Pedretti uh, does a great job of leading this cast she, she her role in Hill House was utilized to a certain degree and then she was kind of the ingredient that got a lot of the rest of the plot going I'm not going to give spoilers for that if you've not seen that but in this she really is the leading player and she she brings a lot of emotion to this you know not only the humor and some of the funny bits when, you know, she's kind of like the bumbling nanny, but there's a lot of backstory for her and she has to go through a very difficult journey through the show. So I really did like her performance. Um, we've talked about Oliver Jackson Cohen before he was in the invisible man, the most recent one as the invisible man. He plays Peter Quint in this. He has a very peculiar kind of like Scottish accent. It was yeah. hard to hear, understand him every time. But again, he's such a phenomenal actor and he's done a really great job in both of these uh, series that I'm like, he's he's going to have a very, you know, I think he's got a great career ahead of him because Absolutely. he really he's already bringing a lot of talent and he's kind of still that newer player coming in. And then um, I, I had to give some major props here to uh, Tania Miller, who plays she plays like the um, caretaker of the house. She has like a lot of acting to do in this show that Some has a lot moments of very intense beats and she's playing a character that has a lot of religious things going on mm -hmm. both of her past life her current life and then what kind of ends up happening in the show and you know even the kids i mean the kids did a great job especially i had to give props to uh the younger kid um what's his name uh, here uh, yeah the flora no, uh, the the boy, Benjamin oh, Evan Ainsworth. What a name! Uh, who plays Miles? He reminded me of like I'm like, how has this kid not been cast in the new version of The Omen? Because he was creepy. Yeah, he has a, he has some serious Damien vibes, and uh, which you'll see, you know, why he's so messed up, of course. But there, it's just some of these scenes that he did. I was just like. Because he, he plays like, you know, he looks like a young, just British lad who, you know, yeah. he, he's probably what, 10, 11, you know, at the most. But there's some scenes where he's really like adult and more adult than he should be for his age. And I was like, this kid should be in the omen. Like he has exact that kind of archetype. Um, but he was very, you know, very good. The whole cast was great. And, you know, I think because it was a slower plot it gave room for more of these kind of like dramatic scenes or monologues. Um, so, you know, I, I do applaud them for that. I just, you know, I think when you're thinking of a horror based show, as this is what it's supposed to be mm -hmm. I'm expecting for, yeah, the first half is going to be a lot of buildup. And then I'm wanting scare after scare after scare. Yeah. You don't need that much buildup. I mean, I'm all for suspense, but you know, mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta kind of um, toe the line a little bit and kind of shorten it a bit. So, yeah. I mean, that was, that was the biggest fault of the series, I think. Other than that, I mean, there's so many great elements to it. I, I do like the 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 story building, the the mythology of it again, but because of the length, it kind of really drags it down. There's a lot, there's a little bit of monotony where it's like, okay, okay, we get it, we get it. Exactly. That <laughs> yeah, was kind I'm of a, give away, but the overall theme was <laughs> all right, let's move on now. <laughs> Um, it was like a Forrest Gump moment. It's like yeah. when I got tired, I slept, and I was, <laughs> I'm great. And I'm like, all right, this is this is gone. Like, I almost wanted to. I was like, 
am I able to watch this on like fast forward like audio so it's just chipmunk there's sound some ways because you, yeah. <laughs> I'm like let's get it moving so anyway not you know by far not all bad just was not my cup of tea I don't think it was Taylor's cup of tea still things to enjoy in this show it's you know certainly not done in a way to you know get that result I think for certain people it's really going to hit them exactly where they like a ghost story to be and I think it's a completely different style different take than what hill house was and i think that's kind of the point of the show is not to repeat itself because you know they did a lot in that first series that would be hard to remake or redo so i think maybe you know it was a bold step and above all even if it wasn't for me i really do trust in flanagan i think he's a, a amazing director amazing creator and i think he's he's gonna have still a lot of fun stuff coming up in the genre of horror. And I'm hoping that, you know, there's a lot of books of these haunting novels that they can base other series on. So I'm sure this will not be the last of the haunting series via Netflix, but not at all. no announcement has been made at this time. No, but I will say though, if you're not a super horror fan, you know, with a lot of, you know, it's it definitely, it's not a, a horrific gory show. And if you do like a lot of the, the love story aspects. I think you would really enjoy this if maybe um, you're not a big jumps you know, kind of person. There, mm-hmm. there are uh, several moments, but I would say if you like more of the relationship building, this might be the show for you. So I, w- I will put that out. Yeah, there. more of that gothic romance, more of that kind of slow, eerie. Something's there, but it's not quite in the foreground uh, kind of show. This is the show for you. So uh, if you want to check out the haunting of Bly Manor is currently streaming on Netflix. And that was this week's Potential Pick. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.